today's scripture comes from Exodus 35, 1, 10, and 20 through 29. Moses assembled all the congregation of the Israelites and said to them, These are the things that the Lord has commanded you to do. All who are skillful among you shall come and make all that the Lord has commanded. Then all the congregation of the Israelites withdrew from the presence of Moses. And they came, everyone whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing, and brought the Lord's offering to be used for the tent of meeting and for all its service and for the sacred vestments. So they came, both men and women, all who were of willing heart, brought breeches and earrings and signet rings and pendants, all sorts of gold objects, everyone bringing an offering of gold to the Lord. And everyone who possessed blue or purple or crimson yarn or fine linen or goat hair or tanned ran the skins for fine leather brought them. Everyone who could make an offering of silver or bronze brought it as the Lord's offering. And everyone who possessed acacia wood of any use in the work brought it. All the skillful women spun with their hands and brought what they had spun in blue and purple and crimson yarns of fine linen. All the women whose hearts moved them to use their skills spun the goat's hair. And the leaders brought onyx stones and gems to be set in the ephod and the breastpiece and the spices of oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the fragrant incense. All the Israelite men and women whose hearts made them willing to bring anything for the work that the Lord had commanded by Moses to be done brought it as a freewill offering to the Lord. The word of God, the word of God for the people of God. This week we have a special kind of guest preacher. He's not really a guest preacher, but uh, one of our founders, Christian Kuhn. I just wanted to go ahead and uh, preface an introduction. We don't get to experience the presence of Christian very often, and uh, as Many of you may be aware of Christian is transitioning away um, from Urban Village. And so I just wanted to welcome Christian Kuhn up. He has been a huge inspiration for me personally. I've uh, been coming to Urban Village Church whoo, since fall of 2010 when I was very young. Um, and so I have seen this church change many, many times. And Christian has been our fearless leader who has led us through all of these changes thick and thin, ups and downs. And so let's just uh, welcome Christian up and show him love with new grace. Oh. Good morning, friends. Good morning. Uh, as Paul noted, I'm Christian Kuh. Thank you for that introduction. I was expecting that. It was, uh, um, it's great to be here with you today. Um, my pronouns are he, him, is. It's uh, lovely to be with you. Uh, I, yes, as Paul noted, I was here from the beginning. So summer of 2009 is when we kind of started things. And then we played at this location in fall of 2010. Uh, we were actually at the Wicker Park Lutheran Church, if any of you kind of know where that is, on Sunday nights. And then uh, we transitioned here uh, at the Chopin Theater in the, like the fall of 2011. And so it's been a joy. Uh, it's always a surprise when you come to the show pen. And so uh, it's really great to have you here with us today. Um, so one of the, I don't know if this is a, res I don't know if any of you are big on New Year's resolutions. I, I used to be huge on them. I'm less huge on them now. But every once in a while, I'm like, you know, this would be a good rhythm to do or something to pick up uh, for the new year. So one of those things is I live in the South Loop. And so 
fairly close to the Art Institute. And so I went early on uh, in 2024 and was so moved by walking around. I'm like, why do I not take advantage of this? Because it's so close. So my hope is to go roughly like once a week. And the nice thing about living in Chicago, you could go over like 15 minutes, uh, look at one piece and that and then you're out of there. And so uh, I've been doing that so far fairly faithfully. So three weeks down, three visits to the Art Institute. So I'm on my way. Uh, and one thing that I've always wondered is when I'm there, I notice the security guards. And so I always want to chat with them. And I'm so curious about that. And so I don't know if they're allowed to, other than like giving directions, if they are to talk to people who come to visit. So I haven't yet asked them anything. But one thing that I want to do is say, I, do you get hired? Because if you've noticed the security guard, did they stand there? And I don't know how often they are able to just take a break, have a seat, anything like that. But I'm also wondering, do you get bored? So I have all of these different questions as they stand there. But one of the things, of course, that they're there for is to see what happens if a person gets too close, perhaps, to one of the pieces of art. And that's another thing that I'm curious about, is what happens if you are looking at a piece of art and you get too close. I was reading uh, an article about another person. This was uh, in New York, and they were at a museum called the Cloisters in New York. That's part of the uh, Metropolitan Museum of Art. And they were looking at this uh, piece, this 15th century triptych that showed um, the uh, Annunciation. And so she was so moved by this work of art. And so she looked at this art, and she put her hands to her heart. And she was felt so moved. And so she kept getting closer and closer and closer to this piece of art until at one point, whoop, whoop, like that sound when Steve asked for that siren to go off, all the sirens went off and she had jumped back and she had gotten too close. And I wonder, I don't know, does anyone know that happens at the Art Institute? Has anyone ever experienced that or seen it happen? But I, you have, okay. So things go straight card probably is like, hey, hey, now that's too close. And so I think at the artist suit anyway, you can take pictures, you, they want you to experience the art, but still there's a barrier of sorts. Understandably so. But still, you can get close, but don't get too close. You are there to observe, to take in, but from somewhat of a distance. So I want to reflect on this. John Michael mentioned earlier that we're in this sermon series called You Are Art. And so we've been looking at what does it mean that we are works of art. And today I want to talk about what does it mean for us to participate in the act of creation. If we believe that God is an amazing artist, are we called only to just step back and appreciate and love all of these works of art, and that's a good thing to do. But also, what does it mean that we are invited into being creators with God in these works of art? Is that a thing for us? What does that mean for us to do so? So I want to reflect on that with you a little bit today. The passage that we read today isn't one that's often read or reflected on uh, in, in church or for sermons, but it's one that I have loved throughout my ministry. So a little bit of background. So if we were to back up a little bit in Exodus chapters 25 through 31, there are some instructions 
about how to build a suitable place for Yahweh to dwell. Chapter 25, verse 8 says, Have them make me a sanctuary so that I may dwell among them. This is God's instructions to all of the Israelites. Now, this is a bit of a shift, perhaps. If you're an Israelite and you're taking all this in, you're like, well, wait a minute. Now, we are supposed to participate. Because if you know any of the stories of Exodus, and you keep going back further into Exodus, you know that really God is the one who's doing a lot of the heavy lifting. God is the one who sets plagues on Pharaoh, maybe as a way of creating justice. God is the one who's parting the Red Sea. God is creating a way. God is the one who is providing manna and water from a rock. God is creating sustenance. God is providing guides on how to live. God creates the commandments. So God is the one who's doing a lot of the work. The Israelites are receiving all of these things. Now, in chapter 28, we see a shift. God is saying, I want you to participate in this. Moses is giving them some instructions, and that's what we see here in our passage today. One part that we did read, it starts off with taking Sabbath, resting first, but then the instructions are first, take an offering, see what you have in your midst. And then the instructions are, all who are skillful among you shall come and make. All who are skillful among you shall come and make. I think God is saying, I have provided and created all of these things for you. Now I want you to create a dwelling, a tabernacle for me. Now, one thing that you may have picked up on in this is this passage says it, it asks for people to be skillful. And this might be something that trips people up. If you have ever thought of yourself or have considered creating something, whether a work of art or a piece of music or whatever it is, there are some people who are drawn to that. They know I got this skill set. I have this gift. I have this interest. I have this passion. There are some people who are like, I could not draw a square if you asked me to. I could not sing a note if I had to. I could maybe make something out of Play-Doh that might something look something like that, but there is no way. So you might read the word skillful and think, oh, good, I'm out. I don't need to participate in this call from God. But actually, this word skillful in the text literally means wisdom of heart. And so I believe this call, and we see this in the passage, this word everyone. Everyone is called here to participate. No matter if you know that you consider yourself or whether you think calling me to, to participate in this. A few weeks ago, uh, actually a few months ago, I was at my, the library I usually go to, the Harold Washington uh, Library down in the Lubeth, one closest to where I live, and I went there that Monday. Standing at the lobby there, if you've ever been. Click, 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 ding. Click, 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 ding. And I looked over, and there's a guy at a typewriter. Now, for those of you who may not know what a typewriter is, 
a typewriter, you actually put paper in this roller and you scroll it like this and then you hit these keys. I find it a satisfying sound. And so I'm like, what is this guy doing? So there's this guy over there and he's typing and then there are chairs. And he goes up. name is Tim Yude, and he is a performance artist. He's doing this project called the Hundred Novels Project. I see, is our uh, TV, are we out on the TV? Is that? Yeah, yeah. okay, that's fine. Uh, and so um, he is creating, for the last 10 years, he's been on a quest to retype. That's such Author. So in this here at Washington Library, he was retyping the adventures of Augie March by Albello. And what he does, here's how he does it. And so he types all the words of the one page, which is backed by his page, and then he repeatedly through the typewriter. While the words become ill and a black ink the side earth. Page of Larkin Shin. That is I4. Its relic becomes a formal drawing representation of two pages of a book. And one thing that he, in retyping, this is a way for him to bridge that gap. Often when we read books, it's me, and then there's, and we are engaged, but there's still perhaps a little bit of separation. He wants to get rid of that separation. First, really engage with this book, this work of art. And it all starts with something so very simple. Tick, 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 ding. Tick, 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 ding. And so for those of us, I am not a skillful person. I cannot do these things. Friends, if you can like do this, you've got a good start. I'm following what I believe is God's call for all of us to be co-creators in this work of art that God has created for us in our world. Many years ago, my mom came to visit. Uh, many of you know I grew up in Iowa, uh, and my mom at the time was back living in Iowa. So she came out to visit us, and so whenever a family member comes, I'm sure the same as with many of you, you want to think, all right, we're in Chicago. What do we do? And so... One of the things that we did this particular time, uh, we went to something that has now, I think, become, uh, it's been around for so long. We went to see the Blue Man Group. And a Blue Man Group attendees uh, in the audience, a few of you. And so, you know, when you go to the Blue Man Group or there's the performance art, they're up front, they're in blue, all kinds of different ways of using percussion, all kinds of things going on. So we got there a little bit early. And so I'm reading the program uh, and just kind of taking it all in. And with any theater, of course, there's the people in the seats and they're often in the dark. And then there's the people on stage and all the lights are on them. And so again, there's that distance. I am somebody who is receiving this art and then there are the people on the stage. Those are the artists. So audience member, artist. 
So I'm sitting there getting ready to be audience member. And then this woman comes up to me and she stops and she looks at me and she asks me this really weird question. She says, how tall are you? And I'm like, welcome to the show, anything like that. She looks at me and she says, how tall are you? And I looked up and I thought, what is this woman asking? And I said, I'm oh, six one. And she said, okay. And she didn't leave. And then she said, what size shoe do you wear? And I thought, this is a really strange interaction with the stranger. I don't know who this is. And I said, around about 11 or so. And she looked at me. She said, how would you like to be a blue man tonight? <laughs> and so, of course, I, I mean, every week, I'm somebody who likes to be in front of people. So, of course, I said, yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, she explained to me what's going to happen at one point. If you know, if you've been to Blue Man Group, they go out into the audience and it's like they're looking around and seemingly they are randomly picking this person, but it's not random. They have selected who this person will be. And so they look and the Blue Man is right here and he looks at me and he reaches out his hand and I stand up and we raise our arms together to the cheers of the crowd and I'm eating all of this up. And so now I am making the transition. I am no longer audience member. I am now going onto the stage. And so I go up there and I put on this white uh, plastic suit of sorts uh, that you do maybe when you are one who's going to paint. And, th and they took me backstage. And then they're painting this. All right, actually, I get out of the suit, get out of another, another suit that has all these blue paint on it and as i'm backstage the audience is watching a video a pre-recorded video of somebody who they think is me and they flip me up looking thinking they think that i've been flipped up and then thrown against this big, big canvas with paint all over my body really what's happening i'm getting into this box and so they said you're in this box and when we roll you out on stage we tell you we want you to push your head through the hole in the box and so the audience is watching this. I go back on stage. I've got the blue all over my, uh, this white suit. And then there's the box and there's a hole. And when the tide comes, I put my head up through the hole. And my head now is in a literal jello mold, like jello. And so my head is in this jello mold. And the audience is seeing all of this and they are laughing. And again, I am like, this is awesome. <laughs> And I get out of the box, and again, the blue man, like, raise with my hands up. And in that moment, I thought to myself, I am blue man. <laughs> and I go back to the seat. <laughs> and I'll never forget that experience. Friends, I think, I believe with all of my heart. Notice what it says in this text. All of the Israelites responded. All of them withdrew. Everyone whose spirit was willing. They responded because of God's goodness. They responded because hearts were stirred. Hearts were willing. And they went and they brought all of their stuff. The rings and pendants and leather and little goods, spices and oil. They went back to what they had. And they offered this for the creation of something for God. I believe that each and every one of us, whether you think yourself as skillful or wise of heart, you are a creator with God. And I believe that we are all called. Sometimes we feel like I want to just sit back and watch what's going on. 
but I think that God invites each and every one of us to cross over. No siren will go off. No beeper will happen. You will cross over into the point where now I am one who is creating with God, because I believe God still is creating in our world. God still is creating beauty and grace and love that we can experience and see, and that our call is to join with God, not just sit back, but to join with God so that we too are creators. That, I believe, is our call as ones who are living into and being works of our ourselves. May we join in that process so that others can see God's beauty in the world, not just by what you create, but by who you are. Let's loving and gracious God, we give you thanks for creating in our world. We see works of art, we see sunsets, we see snow, we see all of these things. And we hope and pray that you inspire each and every one of us to join with you in creating beauty in our world so desperately means to see it and know it, feel it. Most of all, the beauty that is us. Thank you for that creation. And give us the strength and the courage to create with you. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.